Welcome to Life and Godliness. I am your host, Joanna Simpson, otherwise known as Josim. So many of us are struggling, stuck, lost, wounded, and hopeless when Jesus came so we could be free and live an abundant life. He wants us to enjoy him and enjoy life. But how can we truly do this if we are bogged down by life's problems? Well, Life and Godliness with Josim hopes to help persons enjoy life with Christ by sharing Christ-inspired solutions to everyday problems and digging up deep-rooted mindsets that skew our perception of the Father. To quote a popular artist, life is hard, but God is good, and he's patient in our journeys. So join us as we talk about life and godliness. Welcome to this episode of Life and Godliness with Joe. Tonight we'll be speaking to Toki Guy Russell. She's a singer, worship leader, and she loves Jesus and she loves to serve people. This theme is actually one of the few themes that I believe was just laid on my heart. And it's love on trial because it's really, you know, God says he loves us. But then when trials come, you know, sometimes our perception of God's love for us is shaken. And so Toki speaks about her own journey with, you know, believing God loves her while going through trials and some of the ways that God has challenged her own thinking and um, may challenge ours as well. So let's get right to it. Welcome, Toki Guy, to the show Life and Godliness. Welcome. I mean, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) It's so good to have you on my show. Thank you for having me. Excited. Yeah. So today we're gonna talk about life. Um, maybe life, love. Just continuing talking about the love of God. Um, the love of God is just really an important concept in. You know our journey as Christians that I think we really need to internalize Mm -hmm. you know Um, I'm coming to recognize more and more that if we don't truly understand that God loves us then the rest of the Christian walk is either extremely burdensome Mm -hmm. or just impossible (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's impossible because you know everything that God does rests on his goodness and his love Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah and the, the the things that happen in this life are so crazy sometimes so painful so hurtful so hard that if we don't understand that at the basis of life is the love of God then you know we would wane so um but first before we go into the topic I wanted to just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a Christian how did you come to know Jesus um, well, uh, I came to know Jesus, um, what, meaning I actively understood what I was doing, I think, at the age of 12. But I, before that, I definitely knew I was involved in church or always at the altar, always doing something. Um, um, so I gave my life to the Lord, I guess, from my come to my mother's womb. Um, but... Um, I don't remember being conscious that, okay, I had an actual responsibility over my own, you know, form of discipleship mm-hmm. um, and pursuit of Christ until I was about 12. Um, I think that's when I really became cognizant. And then at the age of 14 in high school, um, I just lit on fire. The Holy Spirit just caught me afire, um, consumed me with his love and... 
I decided I was going to make some radical changes um, and really wanted to have an impact in the space that I was in at the time, which was my high school. Um, the best high school, <laughs> St. Andrew High School for girls. Yes. Ah, ah. Okay, so I hear you say um, God consumed you with his love. What does that mean? It means that you know, especially at the you know at age of fourteen, you have all sorts of things going around you. I remember at Andrews, people used to talk about, "Oh, I want to be in the hype," or "I want to be in this crowd," or "To be popular," or "To do this and have that." But I think for me, my motivation and passions, you know, really became all about. I just want to be able to impact lives and souls to let them know Christ's love in the way that I have encountered his love. Um, so I just had this hunger. I had a desire to be in the word. I had a desire to serve in my church community even more, which I already was doing. But my whole life just became about, I just want to please you, God, and I want to do it every second, every minute of my day. So in my quiet time, in the way that I, you know, carry myself at school, with my friends, um, the people who weren't my friends in my church community, I wanted everything to be about him. Um, and so I really postured myself to do that. I used to have Bible studies in my lunchtime um, on the on the V block or on the field with some of my friends. I started leading devotions in my classroom. Um, and so everything in my school setting became about that instead of, okay, which cute boy um, is there today or how I look or who is popular and who is not I, I really just was saying if it, you know I'm not saying if I say Christ I'm not saying nothing <laughs> so you were saying that you kind of in a sense grew up in a Christian um, environment yeah but what is it that happened that caused this change oh wow so I I think at the age of 12 13 i moved to jamaica at the age of 10 turning 11 i think i did two years of prep school had to prep had to do over one year so that i could have a year to prepare for grade six so i could do gsat because the school system in the bahamas was different and then when i transitioned over to high school at andrews um at the time i was at wilma's prep where my mom was a teacher and when I transitioned over to Andrews, I mean, I had crucial persons in my life like Auntie Francine Dawkins, who from prep school come up, she was just with me. Her mentorship, her guidance, um, always available if I had questions about what I was reading in the word um, and always encouraging me to really be, a, be salt and light, basically. And at the age of 14, um, in an IT class, actually, one of my IT teachers, she knew I was a Christian and she was like, you know, Toki, you're, you're always on fire and talking about God. I actually have a, a guy I want to hook you up with. And I was just like, what? No, and everybody was excited because I, I didn't talk about guys or anything like that. So she told me she was going to give this guy who was a serious Christian my... Um, MSN Messenger. Is MSN Messenger the name? Address is, is what we used to talk. That little thing with the green symbol. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was like, I thought she was joking. Um, I think a week or two passed and this person had added me unbeknown to me. Um, and eventually, I guess after two weeks, 
he reached out to me saying, oh, my, my email address at the time, very corny, thanks to Auntie Francine. She's the <laughs> one who created it for me in prep school, was anointed underscore blessed. So he's like, oh, you're anointed and blessed are you? And we started a conversation and for three years of my life, that person, I just saw his role. He was just a radical like I can't explain to you, he had done some radical things. That personal information that I will give out, things for Christ, and it. I just decided. I said, no, I can be like this. It was very attractive, meaning for me to say, okay, I don't have to be afraid to stand out anymore. I don't want to be like everybody else. I really want to represent in the sense that I want to be radical for Christ like this, and I don't care if I look, you know like a fool mm -hmm. you know i see this young man who's the same age as me you know doing it mm. i can do it too yeah. um so you know at the time he was my best friend and we you know would do i would i would talk about everything always the bible everything um i started um attending like a youth meeting that his church would do on a friday and that was very impactful as well um and then eventually, you know, I was praying, I think at the age of that same age, within that same year, I was praying and saying, God, I needed to move from the church that I was at, mm -hmm. um, you know, more of a denominational, sedentary, traditional church. Mm -hmm. um, and I was grateful for the opportunity to meet persons there and to serve on the choir when I was there, but I didn't accept membership. And, you know, you still annoy them because they didn't understand why. I even had, I was choir president, but I did not accept membership. I just wouldn't um, because I just knew that that wasn't where I would settle. It would be a season and I was there for two years. And, you know, when I met this young man who was a very good friend and just good to me in terms of my spiritual walk, that's what it really was about. Um, um, yeah, so let me make that clear. Nothing beyond that. <laughs> but... Um, I just really wanted more of God. I wanted to see the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Things that I was studying in the Word. I wanted to see that on a Sunday morning. I wanted to be free to say hallelujah. Nobody don't turn around and look at me or clap my hand. And <laughs> the whole church, I look at you like, what are you doing? Um, and so I prayed. I really prayed and said, God, just I, I wasn't going to church up. And at the time, as I said, I was 14, turning 15. And I'm going to church up. You know, I'm still a child in a sense, so I need to be able to have permission. And I'd never visited his church on a Sunday, no matter up to this day. But I went to that youth meeting for years. And then literally um, one day, my cousin invited me to her church right before she migrated, slept over, took me to church the morning. And when I walked through the doors of that church, I was like, this is definitely the place and I will never turn back. And that was Christian Life Fellowship, which I'm now a member of still. And that really plunged me deeper into this passionate pursuit of God and gave me room and an opportunity not only to see the giftings of the Spirit at work, but to actually see how God would use the giftings and pull out giftings he had put in me and put those things to work. So that was the difference. Nice. All right. So as I said before, and I spoke a little bit about it in the last episode, you know, I struggled with believing God loved me. Mm -hmm. I sang it, you know, I spoke it, I said it, you know, uh, you know, and 
it's just something that we kind of accept in the Christian world, right? But I recognize I really struggle to believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, why do you think as Christians we struggle so much to believe that God loves us? Mm, good question. <clears throat> I think that the main reason believers struggle to receive God's love and to really um, believe that he loves us and to even experience it is that we forget the premise of God's love um, and it is outlined in a very common scripture that we quote all the time you know it says we love him because he first loved us mm-hmm. you know um, and I think that we forget that we forget that it is God's love for us first um, why we can lo- even love him you know um, the problem with accepting it and receiving it is that we try to earn his love mm-hmm. we, 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 we relate to him based on our human interactions and how we are in our relationships with one another and so if it means that this person is going to love me because I am this or I have this title or I do this thing or I did this for them or this is, I, I look attractive to them or something like that you know we forget that okay God looked at me and he loved me when I was a sinner mm-hmm. he loved me at my very worst um, and there is nothing I can do to earn his love mm-hmm. you know um, so if I think the main problem is coming out of that perspective that we have to become something beautiful for God to accept us and for God to really love us so the barriers to God's love, I believe, is ourselves. Mm. It's not um, that God isn't loving or he isn't showing or demonstrating this love all the time, but it is the own bar- our own barriers that we put up. Mm. You know, the walls, the hardening of the hearts, the perceptions that we have of him um, that often reflect how people love us and view us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pressure we put on ourselves... Um, which is really ridiculous to try and somehow earn his love. Um, so it's not that the love isn't there, but we think we need to do something to get it. And so we, we try to approach it in a very calculated, almost kind of way when it's a very spiritual thing. You know, what God has done, it's a very spiritual experience to have somebody decide that they're going to love you unconditionally in a state where you definitely did not deserve it. You know, so that's a hard concept to grasp, you know, because as you said, we are so used to, yeah. um, you know, being loved in a sense based on what we have, yeah, based on what we've done. Um, and so, you know, it's hard to imagine that the God of the universe who created all of us and, you know, we all are images of God in, you know, one area, um, you know, it's hard to believe that he can love us as is. Mm-hmm. And then not just that, you know, but that he still, um, he sees our sin and he is still able to kind of, you know, um, love us through the sin, right? You well, know, I, I would want to say that, yes, it is hard to grasp if we're trying to 
understand it mm -hmm. you know because it's, it's like when the scripture says the peace of god that passes all understanding you know god's grace to us the very premise of the gospel is that you know for god to love the world like he sent his son to die for us he gave us the the most perfect amazing best gift we could ever get in his son christ you know when we didn't deserve it and so the premise of that is to say you need to see how i've set this thing up which is that you not deserve nothing you never you are wretch you are far from me you are children of wrath you know you are in the kingdom of darkness you are born and shaped born in sin and shaped in iniquity but i lo looked on you and desired you and loved you and chose you right um he says and and the truth is that he said no our form he knows that we are but dust you know those things so he he set the foundation mm -hmm. which should really remain firm for us you know as we walk through this journey of faith which is this there's nothing you can ever do to comprehend you know understand measure out deserve my love so what i did for you from the beginning is show you that you have it you know you have it even you had it when when you did but deserve it so there's nothing you really can do to undo that process and so you know he says if we love him we'll obey him so clearly there are some actions that we have to do if we say we love him but in terms of him loving us the premise was set you know the the um foundation was laid that it wasn't because we did something to deserve it but if we're trying to reason it out it won't be something that is easy as i said to grasp because what is there to grasp is just something that we need to receive and accept not try to um reason out or try to find some theology to and whatever <laughs> make our doctrine back it up or whatever we just need to understand that this is beyond our comprehension that this good amazing god would choose us though we were wicked sinners um and choose to keep loving us even when we sin against him um and choose us and not require um a payment before choosing us right okay when he said this is what i want at that point we never have a fuck up we didn't fuck up any payment he chose his heart you know responded to us as sinners mm -hmm. and then our responsibility you know is to respond to this god of love with the laying down of our lives hmm. it's interesting because i was just thinking about this um today you know just this sometimes i feel like i'm tricked it's like salvation is free it's free come on in mm -hmm. and then you reach and then there's just so many things that you have to now consider and it's just like you know you kind of think okay when you come in there's a, almost a lesser burden mm -hmm. that you have to pay you know but you know even for you and some of the challenges you had an event the other day and it spoke about you know your life's journey mm -hmm. and some of the challenges that you faced um as you progress but yet your love for god remained strong but mm -hmm. not just that your understanding of god's love for you 
remain strong mm -hmm. how how did how was that the case how did you maintain that type of love during those types of struggles well the first thing i would say is that um it, it is very corny and cringy to say this i'm sorry god <laughs> but i do say a lot that jesus meaning the son is really my best friend and when i say that is because i find that there are a lot of ways that i have drawn on his life experiences to help me on my journey um, with the Father, with Him, with the Son, with the Trinity, the Trinity One, you know? I have really drawn from the things that Jesus actually walked through and used them practically, employed them practically in the way that I am gonna respond to God and respond to others. Um, so the first thing is when something usually happens that can that is devastating, um, I usually just first said, Jesus, you know, how would you handle this? How, how did you handle this? And how would you handle this? I know people say well, WWJD, but it's really deeper than that for me um, because it's first about communion. Um, just as a point, and I give a practical example after, just a point to say that um, if your life is not about responding to this god with love and worship um, in the secret place it's gonna be very easy for you to be overturned when things come if you think that this is a contract that you have that is a business arrangement and you treat it in that regard um where okay god you do for me and then i will do for you um you're not going to make it. Let me just put it that way. If you approach it in a manner, I think a lot of believers do recognize that they struggle deeply with entitlement. You know, yes. it's, they have an entitlement complex. And I can speak as somebody who definitely, you know, had to overcome that. Um, I'm grateful that I'm on, on, on the other side of that because it can really mess with your... Um, responses to God internally in terms of your heart and um, I guess for some externally what do you mean by entitlement complex so that right so the entitlement complex is that God owes me something in, in a nutshell God owes me something when it is we who are truly indebted to him um, but he doesn't require this payment for this debt from us because he has done it through his son. Mm -hmm. um, so we really should respond with this sort of awe and fear of, oh God, look, you even paid off my, like, listen, I need to just serve you. You know, I, I just want to worship you. I just want to love on you. Um, instead, it is that I've come to you and I've been serving faithfully and I've been doing what you have asked me to do. So when we're blessing them there. Okay? <laughs> what a carry the house with a man, with a woman, with a pitney them. You know, with the with 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 um, job promotion, we want the things then. Um, and we quote all the wonderful scriptures from Sunday school. Come up, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. But we really are, on, we're, we're very horrible at living these things out. We're not seeking first the kingdom. And, and I think that what I've seen increasingly and I just, I'm just so excited, especially on this um, area of entitlement and how to really overcome it. I really want to help people walk through it because I don't think firstly there's recognition that, you know, 
people most believers struggle with this thing of entitlement because that's really what comes up when something bad happens is that you know mm. you know i deserve to get this and this but this did not happen so that's where my this that's why i'm so disappointed because i really deserve this but um, the gospel is saying right that it is bringing us joy peace righteousness abundance and though that abundance might not be material right. things there's spiritual blessings right as well. mm -hmm. the spiritual blessings so are we um wrong um we're not wrong for having human responses we're wrong for letting those human responses inform and dictate you know how we you know overall view god allowing those things to shift our perspective about how god views us and how we view god and and causing those things to really basically shape our identity as a son as a daughter of christ we now decide, okay, we have a human response and now all this, this whole trial means that God does not love me because he didn't give me what I want or even give me what he said he would, he promised to give me or, you know, all of that when that's not the case, you know, we even see where, um, it's not just spiritual blessings and joy and peace and righteousness. Well, that's not all, you know. We see the other end of the city. Every, anybody wants to be my disciple, he must take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. There's a cost to the call, right? There is a cost that we have to endure. Um, the Son of Man came on this earth, and he had, he, I love him so much because, I mean, I tell you, practically, I learn from him all the time, just. He sat there about to do what he was put on this earth to do in the garden of Gethsemane and was sweating blood. Who on earth? What you must the 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 anxiety that you must be facing to actually sweat blood. You know it mean it, it must be on a level that is incomprehensible because. I've never met anybody who has been able to sweat blood. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So he had a very human response. And even we see his words to the father was, yo, I realize what I go on here. So <laughs> if you can take that copy. So <laughs> nevertheless, God, not my will, but yours be done. Mm -hmm. So it's not a denial of our humanness. Mm -hmm. That's not what God is looking at. It is that Jesus never turned and said, yo, listen to me. Let's spot lesson. Me spotless and blameless. Me never do nothing. <laughs> and then people are wicked. Them all speak for me or whatever. Me come and me good, 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 good self. Now some me I come back to heaven. Me, me not do this God. Me? You know, no. And even on the cross, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because God separated himself from him and poured out his wrath on him to finish the work, you know. And that gift of salvation that we would receive mm -hmm. um he took on our punishment and when in his in his expression that the the truth was the son of man was saying to the father i have felt forsaken by you and so there are many times in my walk i have felt like no sir god you know there <laughs> in fact me feel like your your anger turn against me <laughs> take your eye off me little bit you know i that's how i honestly feel so it's not a denial of my humanness mm -hmm. what it is is saying that in spite of my humanness 
I will not allow this thing to inform my perspective or my identity as a daughter. Because if the son of God, who was blameless and spotless and perfect in every single way I never seen, but was tempted in every way, could utter such phrases that showed so much humanness, right? Why would I, who definitely ain't nowhere near Jesus, I'm trying to be God, I'm trying to be, <laughs> but I'm not there, you know? And, you know, so if he could say that and I could see that and I am not spotless, not blameless, you know, I take my instruction from Jesus and how he managed it. He did not once question his identity as a son. He uttered and expressed the fact that he was disappointed, anxious, never want but take up this a burden here. But at the same time, I can submit to your will. At the same time, I am still your son. At the same time, he still called him father. He said, father, why have you forsaken me? So it shows that mm. his identity there was still intact. Mm -hmm. He wasn't saying, you got up above. If you, yo, if you are God, you know, <laughs> no, 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 God exists no more. He was still saying, Father, because his identity remained unfettered. And where does that revelation come from? How does one get that revelation? I ask him for help. Because when I see that in the scripture, I said, Jesus, help me to, to, to have this. Help me to not go through life and trials and have my identity impacted by these things. And I pull on Paul when he says, oh, these momentary light afflictions that definitely a lot of them do not feel momentary. <laughs> and a lot of them don't feel light. Okay, so you lied, boo-boo, when you said momentary and light afflictions. But me no said you did, you did not get beaten. Lock up in a prison, shipwrecked, and then something there and persecuted for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're calling them momentary and light. Mm -hmm. So, mega just easy my body mm -hmm. because me not get no beaten out of street <laughs> or lock up in a prison for Jesus' <laughs> gospel. So, how can I dare now say? So, I just, I really take the scriptures and don't treat them as cute Bible stories. These are people who lived and walked on this earth. And I'm pulling from their experiences to say, no, them do it. May I, may I, may I, have, the, may I have the spirit of God in me. I live, I help me if I live out this thing. So, I'm going to help me, you know. He's my helper. That's what the word says. So, mega call, hello, spirit, help. So, when I feel like, boy, mm, 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 mm. Me just called upon the Spirit of God for help me. And, and I asked Jesus to, and I'm able to walk through. That's why I'm still here today. <laughs> not to, haven't, have not abandoned my faith and believe a hundred percent that every day it has been worth it. Every single trial, Job said, though, you know, you slay me, yet will I hope in you. You know, them man, they did I get some things that reach them. I'm going to reach that level there yet where them things there reach me, even though some things reach me still. Mm -hmm. Can you know? Mm -hmm. But, you know, when I look at their lives, I'm saying, man, <laughs> Job, <laughs> lad, you know? All your skin has come off of your body. I use um, clear pot to scrape off mm -hmm. you know, your, your skin. So I'm just like, I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to press on, okay? Um, yeah, and, and I, I just, I'm so challenged by the fact that I think we are so fickle. 
we're so fickle one little breeze blow that god mm -mm, forget this forget this this too much this too hard I never sign up for this when it's just like man this man endured death on a cross embarrassment shame a curse and he never deserve it for you and the one little breeze will blow oh my god the son of god they could become a baby and have people are changing nappy as my friend rocks i would say and we can't take little blobs because sometimes i know some people say oh god is humiliating me and i feel humiliated hello you forget said the son of man became a curse for you oh my oh my oh my oh my don't let me start to preach sister <laughs> joanna and so these are the things that honestly guide me you know now as i said when you're going through it my humanness is there the raw emotions are there the tears are there trust me oh gosh i have more tears than the atlantic ocean you know so i mean i'm not denying as i say as we go through we won't feel the things and express ourselves and even say boy god eh, eh, you know we won't get into some this heated um yes beautiful discussions with god at god at times and bargaining and all of that and reasoning david did moses did you know but at the end of the day even jesus did but at the end of the day we said nevertheless not my will but yours be done i'm the la i just want to make this last point too on this whole thing of entitlement is when these things come up what what god really showed me is that these trials come to really show us what is in our heart there's a scripture in deuteronomy i think 8 6 or 6 8 always kind of mixing it up that says you know he led them through the wilderness to test what was in their hearts whether they would keep his commandments you know and i think a lot of times we we don't see ourselves you know these little things come up and you say, all right, God, me to pray and you give me this big prophetic word in front of everybody. Say, yeah, you know, me just I go launch out. <laughs> and I go prosper me and establish me. Enlarge your territories, Jabez, anointing. Everything dropped on you one time. And 20 years pass and you still there, I sell bag juice, you know? And you're like, no, God, no, God. You have a joined the Baptist movement. Are you the Christ? Or is there another to come? And it's like God showed me that in those moments, it's not that we're not allowed room to be human because he knows we are dust. But we, as I said, take it to this other level now where it's like, okay, God, what I really want was the things. And at the end of the day, and sometimes, to be honest, it's not that you start off that way. Your heart is like, you know, I just love you, Jesus, and I just want to serve you, and I'm devoted to you. Oh, God. Oh, spirit fingers. The truth is that some of us genuinely believe that, you know, we love God. And Peter is like God and Peter and attack. And then I say, Peter, do you phileo me? Pardon me? Do you phileo me? You know? Oh. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. Say, Peter, do you love me? And by the second time, they say, you never just hear me say yes. <laughs> me know them tell me, say, your ears no deaf. Right? Me just say yes to you. Why you ask me? I make me feel away now. And then by the third time, I ask again. You know, I ask three times. Because I say, Peter, you know, I see what I see now. 
You are not seeing your heart. You don't have the capability to see what's in your heart unless I show you. And I'm going to use these things to kind of show you. So you're there before me. And it, it may not be as extreme as, you know, these people praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It may not be a case like that, but it may be a case where God wants to heal. Oftentimes, he wants to expose those things so he can heal those places. He can fill those places. He can, you know, convict us to release you know these things that are hindrances for from us receiving his love and really being this you know i don't want to sound um, too corny becoming these vessels of love to the world you know mm -hmm. they will know we are christians by our love mm -hmm. but we can't they're not seeing no love because we're not receiving no love the love that they ready for poor town we are we are we are struggle for even receive it but we are trying to love each other and love people who don't deserve it worse. Um, so I think for me, in those moments, God, God really can show you what's in your heart. And it's a test because it's like, okay, I did promise you, you know, this thing. I did give a word 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, Sarah and Abraham. I did tell you that you would have a son. I did tell you that he would, from him, um, from you would be the father of many nations, but you're old and dry up, I know. Um, but, you know, let me see what you're going to really do. You're going to do what they did and take matters into their own hand and then I turn around for look for me, you know, for fix it when I feel it felt. Or you're going to trust me or you're going to walk away from me and say, God, you're not good. You didn't keep up your end of the bargain because you owe me something, basically. Because that's what it means, end of bargain. No, there's no bargain with God. The, the scripture says God gives and he takes away. That's what Job uttered. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What Job is saying there is not a light matter. What he's saying is that you have the authority to give. It says every good gift comes down from the father of lights. So what God is saying, to, what Job was saying there is what all of us should be saying as believers. Listen to me. Are you give me the sinner God? Are you are my source some people they get so caught up oh i work so hard all my long hours this is my i deserve this promotion no god gave that to you and he has the right to take it away and he is still blessed 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 be your name god you know at the end of the day you're still holy you're still hallowed you're still amazing even though you take this thing from me um my thing is that I got to this place very early in my walk, I told God, and it has been tested. And I thank God that I've been able to, through the fire, come out, you know, every time a little more shinier. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Shine, Jesus, shine. Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> but it has been, it, of course, it would be put to test. You know, see it and I look and say, hey, you, you over there, but oh, I love you, God. <laughs> and I'm saying, I'm going to show you. Say so you know really love God, yeah? May God throw some crosses in your life. And I made this decision and I said, listen to me, God. There is no one and there is nothing that will ever be more important or can take the place of you. And, you know, I hear you talk about my relationship with God. But the truth is, it's that that, that, that motivates me. It's that, God, you, I am the one who... You know, did not deserve you, but you pour out your whole self and give me. Wrap up, cute, cute, cute. You know? And so I want to show you, God, you know, in the way that I live my life, in, the, in obeying your commandments, in walking in faith, that 
you know, you are worthy of my life. I mean, secondly, my life does not belong to me. It's your life. And when we say, oh, my life is not mine. Oh, <laughs> hallelujah. Lie. Because when God now says, all right, your life is not your own. Yeah, man, it's this way I did want you go still. I know you were heading that way, north, but a south, <laughs> may I send you. You come now. No, 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 God. How can you ask me? No, and the truth is, you didn't mean what you said when you said my life was not my own. If your life is not your own, when God decides him, I'm going to move around some things, you know? <laughs> When the owner come, the creator come and say, all right, over here, so over there, so you wouldn't have an issue because your life is not your own. Now, would you express some levels of discomfort, pain, anxiety, worry? Yes, because you're human and he doesn't expect less. But at the end of the day, I say, boy, God, oh, this hurt. But nevertheless, not my way. Move the coach over there. Say, everyone move the coach over there. And so what God has shown me is this thing of entitlement goes so deep for, for us as believers that we, we don't even see it. It seeps into every way. We don't truly, you know, mean what we say when we say, God, you, my life is for your glory. My life is yours. You can do whatever you want with me. You can have your way in me. And all of them someday we're saying, Lord, I give you my heart and all of them someday. We don't really mean what we say. And so the Lord allows us. To go through the fire to the through the flood so that he can really test these things just and and, and not just test them you know because he's not playing a game but expose them so that we can really come to a place where we really mean what we say and, and we have to be willing to submit to that process mm -hmm. and also to a place of healing and freedom healing, as you said, right, so, that, that place, so that yeah. there is that unhindered relationship with, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. god and so as you said that we would receive would be able to receive his love in a pure way yeah and yeah. not through the filters of the world because i mean really and truly we do carry a lot of stuff yeah into you know when we become christians we, we still have the ways of thinking of the world yeah and, you know renew the lord has to right we need to renew our minds because we have to you know the lord has to uproot some of the things that we've held on to and believed for so long mm -hmm. has really been mm -hmm. informing the way we think and process and live our lives and view him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's just so interesting because there is nobody who can say, them say, one carrying a one coffin, one house, even somebody else, man, <laughs> we never see two people in a one coffin yet. Maybe we could bear them side to side. I mean, you never see them baby with it. You just, it just doesn't, there's nothing here that we can actually take with us. And I said to God, I said, God, you know, I want to be your Mary. The one that people are saying, yeah, idiot. You take your life savings, my girl, and I pour it out as help on the man foot. You know how much things you could have get for that? I want to be the one who say, you know, you are, you know, your life you know you, you're just wasting it what is this you're doing with yourself make them look for me and say that because when jesus responds to mary said wherever this gospel is preached you will be you will be remembered i want to reach that level where god can trust me you know i can trust him he has he has nothing to prove in that department but can god trust us can god really trust us with his word with his people you know, some of us, we want to be in leadership positions, but God cannot trust us to lead people, right? Because we don't even understand and, and, and have not reached to the place where we have really accepted his love for us, but we want to shepherd his people. 
right? And that's why you have so much crosses in our church. Anyway, we're not good on that road there today. No. But I'm just saying that, you know, we need to be at this level where, Jesus, you really are first. When we say you are first in our lives, when we say that there's no one else that will do, no one else that matters, you are first. It really needs to be that we are actually meaning the things that we say. So when, no, you never got that promotion. You never got to finish school. Your um, light cut off. You know, you're not on a food feet. You can't say things like, oh, hallelujah, man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus is hungry too, you know. He was hungry. And I'm not, I don't just mean in the wilderness when Satan come and come test him about turning stone and bread. There are scriptures that actually said that, I think it's in John, that Jesus was hungry or thirsty. So he had every emotion we did have. But there is this thing where we want to always full up yourself i don't mean with food we want to always receive the same entitlement thing we the whole concept of denying ourselves and being sacrificial having sacrificial life we're not really we're not really interested in that we say it but we're not interested in our lives being a sacrifice holy and acceptable unto him which would mean that we're going to go through some things we're going to get some lick we're going to be put in furnaces yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, the Hebrew boys could have said, Yo, me they are Babylon, you know. And I mean, a slavery, I mean, they are serving, I try to eat right. Not even Mala deny the king choice meats and him wonderful food. And you have me, you know, I go put in a front. May I do this great thing for you? I said, I mean, bow down. I know you're gonna have them put me in a furnace. <laughs> but if your life is truly belonging to God and you are truly just living here to be a witness for Christ and to make sure say so you reach a heaven and you know reach with a little scripts now that you reach <laughs> with your heart full, you know, ready to continue in your worship to this great king. What is it? What what as possible what, what account you're making for your life? What what account is your life to you if they them want to take it? May them take it bye him said don't be you know concerned about the one that can destroy the body but be concerned fear the one that can destroy both body and soul so my soul intact my name written in at the lamb's book of life well later all right goodbye world i stay no longer with you <laughs> yeah. i think what what i'm really getting here is just how important it is for god to be real to us yeah um, I think in some instances what happens is one the enemy is more real mm -hmm. um, we are more real mm -hmm. and our desires um, and so when it comes to God it, it God just feels far you know mm -hmm. you know eternity feels far you know um, what he is requiring of us seems impossible mm -hmm. you know and you know so just getting a good grasp of the fact that one god exists as the bible says mm -hmm. you know and that he loves us and considers us his son or his daughter mm -hmm. and what that means to our lives mm -hmm. you know because what i hear you saying is that once we understand that then in a in a kind of secure way mm -hmm. then when the trials come we won't be flaky flaky yeah. and pushed by every wind of doctrine or wind, you know, every wave James talk about, you know, tossed to and fro. Yeah, and, and not just that. It's not a feelings-based faith. It's mm -hmm. a thing of, I am making a choice, you know, 
I am choosing. I'm choosing every day. This is an action I am doing. Not, okay, I feel so in love with you. It is, you're going to say that I'm in love with you because when the enemy come in like a flood, you know, men are turn back because there's nothing he can offer, tempt me, put upon me, test me with that is gonna ever compare to you and that is it we exalt the things of this world we exalt our own desires we exalt um the enemy and him scare tactics above our desire for christ him said there's the loss of the flesh loss of the eyes and the pride of life these things come before God. And it, it, we need to get to a place where we just make a decision. When I say I make, make a decision, this is something that you said. This is, not, this is not an area. And you've heard me. I am jealous in guarding my relationship with the Lord. Mm. Everybody else can turn it back on me. I've lost friends. I've lost things. I've lost situ you know, every, yeah, battles, whatever. But this can't be touched. The enemy can't do nothing to this. It can't touch and I guard it with my whole life. This is the only, this is the most important thing to me. He's the most important person to me. And so I will guard this with fiercely, ferociously. May I guard this thing for the rest of my life. What do you see in God that makes you love him so much? I see his response to me. And as I say, it goes back to that, that scripture. He first loved me. Why you love me? Me? Sometimes I say, God, I don't even know. I look at myself <laughs> and I say, oh, are you up there? I see both apple of your eye. And I say, no, Sam, me? After I don't have anything? I don't have nothing special. I'm not like some super. I'm not Beyonce. So I don't, I don't get it, God. I don't get what is it that you saw in me that you would choose me mm-hmm. and it is out of that that i'm just like no man you 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 do your way of thinking depend on in this level mm-hmm. <laughs> you know your ways are not my ways your thoughts are not my thoughts and i'm grateful for that so you're gonna get my life mm-hmm. you're gonna get my life what do you believe god thinks about you well i mean he has said that I'm the apple of his eye. I believe that God really loves me. I I, I feel his affection towards me. Um, I've talked to you, you know, privately, just about the fact that my quiet times, you know, I just want them to be sweet and enjoyable. Yes, there are times of warfare, me that they're shabba shabba do, you know, but, you know, for the most part, it is a refreshing experience. And when I look at my Christian life and just generally the Christian walk, God isn't gaining anything from this. He not gain nothing. This is not Greek mythology where the demigod them them depend on your prayers to stay alive. This is a God who exists all by himself. You get what I mean? He's self-existing. And so him don't need our praise. Him say, if you know, open up your mouth, the rocks will cry out. And I'm just like, what does God get from this? What does God get from this? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I see, you know, that can warm his heart is the choice to respond to him in the way that he deserves. But he really doesn't gain when me coming at my quiet time and say, Oh, Holy Spirit, <laughs> come and meet with me, sup with me here. The 
Peter, he's serving me, ministering to me. And yes, I'm pouring out my praise. But that my praise to God doesn't make him any bigger. Mm. He's big and that's full stop. And my not praise to him doesn't make him any less. So what is God really gaining? I'm me again. And even though I'm me again from the fasting and lick a prayer them. <laughs> me still, you know what I mean? We still now go, go sit on nine foot when him now get fasting, prayer, those things, or quiet times, communing with God through his word, through fellowship. Uh, excuse me. Is we gaining from those things? Those things do nothing to him and nothing for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that he doesn't delight in them and he doesn't desire and, and enjoy that with us. But the truth is he wants those things so we can be better. So I'm just like, what kind of God is that? You do all of, every time I see just how selfless you are. Everything that you are doing is for my good. Mm. It is for my good. And of course, in the end, for your glory. So that more will come to know you. But he, he responds to us with this kind of amazingly indescribable love. But he responds to us with this... um. This, this sort of love that is not something that I've ever that I could I've never experienced on earth or with any human being and so for me I'm just like you do these things and you get no benefit out of them right yes everybody talk about God gets the glory God is glorious and up there all by himself glorious forever seated at the right Christ is forever seated at the right hand of God the Father forever glorified forever exalted that his position doesn't change him still sit down in one place so mm-hmm. for me it's kind of like okay this now benefit you but you keep doing things and i don't want it to make it seem like oh god exists for me that's not what i'm saying but you're asking just my response i see how there is nothing really i can do that benefits god yes god gets glory from my life when i obey him and i do these things but the truth is that he doesn't need (laughs) me to do those things for him to be glorified Mm -hmm. and for him to be god and so i look and i say but god may i get better may i become more like jesus may i become more um like like frango why are you doing all these things for me and i'm what did i do to deserve oh what manner of love is this that the father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of god that he might talk to isaiah tell him about him and tell him secrets and him something like, what mm-hmm. you know what what is that what we do we never do nothing mm-hmm. oh and even though all of these things you know improve our condition and or even him wanting us to stop and get to know him in the secret place is so that we can become better. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Him already know us. Him know every part. Him needs us to get in our mother's womb. We still don't go. We still don't come. And so I feel convicted by that to say, no, sir, me, me need to live right because you, you're not getting no notice. And me, I get some notice. I'm not even want to come. Hello. <laughs> it's like God have to beg us. So that we can become more like him. Mm-hmm. Who are we? As 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 this, um it says in is Psalm it, you know, who what is who is man that you are mindful of him? Mm-hmm. You for you've made him a little lord and angels. Why? <laughs> that you would want to decide you're gonna choose us to make into the image of what? Mm-hmm. Oh oh my gosh. How how can we begin to I mean he kind of spoke to it a bit before, but how can we begin to believe that God loves us? I'm going to be honest with you that 
you know, yes, I can say you need to be in the word and renew your mind and just accept what I'm saying. But I often tell God, me need your help. Me need your help to help me to, to really receive this, to help me to rest in this, to help me to accept this from you um, and to not try to reason it out. So I just pray and ask God for help in the same way that when I'm not hungry enough, I say, God, give me a hunger for your word. You know, he is there to help me. The Holy Spirit is there to lead me into all truth. So I cry out to him and say, listen, I realize that in this season, I've not been feeling your love. And it's not because it's not there. You know, so whatever barriers are in me, show me them, God. Remove them, God. You know, as you said, give me a heart of flesh instead of stone. David said, you know, you know, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. So that I would remember the joy of my salvation. That's, those are the things that David said. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to get to that place, you know, of, of really realizing that we cannot do this. Because we say, boy, this is impossible. What it feels like, what you're asking of me, God, is a lot. Yes, he could have asked for much more. But he already paid the ultimate um, um, penalty through Christ. The ultimate um, propitiation, as it says, for our sins. What I mean, it means um the offering, the the acceptable, the price okay. for our sin was mm -hmm. paid. Mm -hmm. You know, the acceptable price. Mm -hmm. You know, he full the complete full price was met. Mm -hmm. You know, spotless, blameless lamb. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, God, I want, I, I, I can't do this. I am helpless. I'm in need of you. When when I talk, people say when you reach the end of yourself, that's when you need to whatever. That's, we need to live in that sort of vulnerability before the Lord every day. Mm -hmm. I cannot do this, God. I am relying on you. Mm -hmm. It is not in my strength and leaning on my own understanding. It is relying on your spirit. What we think the Holy Spirit in our way for, for decoration. <laughs> so we need to really engage with him more for his help. Mm -hmm. Because he is here as our helper. Wow. So in, in, in closing... I'm going to ask that you just share the one thing that you really want um, my listeners to remember. And then I'm going to ask you to pray for us and that the Lord will deliver us from this entitlement mentality and that he will teach us and help us to learn, to lean on the Holy Spirit and to draw from the scriptures, you know, in a practical way so that we may live lives that please him. And that, and just live in intimacy with him, you know, because in and the intimate relationship is the foundation for everything else, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, the one thing that you know is just the theme of my life is this whole aspect of Mary, you know. He deserves your life, and I just want to challenge the listeners to make a decision. And I mean a choice, not a feeling, not an emotion, a choice that no matter what comes, I'm going to live in such a way that God, there is nothing and no one that's going to be able to, you know, remove or impact my love of you, my vision of you, my service, devotion and dedication to you. I think when we make that choice and we really put in the work in the secret place to really commune and connect with God, 
um, I really believe that we will be on the path to the freedom that, you know, we were speaking about from this whole thing of entitlement, where we recognize that, you know, we are indebted to him, but he doesn't even require a payment for that debt. He already met that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Father, we just we pray that you would help us through your spirit, oh God, to just walk out this faith in a real way by really employing the principles in your from the from the scriptures oh god from really modeling the life of jesus and the apostles and the disciples oh god for really oh god you know from really relying daily on your spirit you know to help us as we oh god seek to serve you and please you father we just pray that you would uproot every form of entitlement complex that any listener may be having, oh God, begin to convict them, oh God, so that they would walk in a way that is pleasing to you. They would live in a way that says, you know, God, I am your servant. I am the potter. I am the clay. You are the potter. And so, Father, we pray that you would pour out Again, just a measure of your grace upon us so that we can live this out daily. Lord, we thank you for this program, for Joanna, for just this mission, oh God, to have, you know, the body of Christ edified and built up, oh God, through just the sharing exhortation from your word. And we pray, God, that you would continue to just establish this work and this ministry for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow what a challenging (laughs) what a challenging time listeners i encourage us that we just go back to god and just you know allow him to search our hearts and our minds and you know bring us to a place of repentance where you know god when or where god shows us um that is necessary but Toki, I just want to thank you so much for being on the program and for sharing your heart and for sharing your life experiences, for sharing what God has taught you, you know, with myself and the listeners. Listeners, um, just encourage you and I thank you for listening. Um, please check out my pages on Instagram. That's Journeying with Joe on Instagram and then Journeying with Joe One on Facebook. I would love, love, love to hear from you, Um, you know, share a quote that you received from this message that you would like to, you know, just remember and to share with others and remember to just spread the word about this, the program so that others can hear and learn and benefit and hear what's on God's heart and be encouraged, be challenged and grow Um, and also be healed and freed so that we can live in a close, intimate relationship with Jesus. Thank you again. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside.